0: Today on Your Wellness, we'll be talking about life after cancer. I have with me two special guests who are diagnosed with cancer and endure difficult treatments. However, they are now cancer-free. Although their personal cancer journeys are different, they both have made significant changes to their lifestyles to maintain their wellness in similar ways. We will also hear how preventative screening might offer a better chance at an early diagnosis, which could result in a positive outcome. All that and more coming up on Your Wellness. Hi and welcome to the show. I'd like to introduce my first guest. We have Terry Ames with us today here to share us his story. Terry is a husband, a father of three, An author and an all-around great guy. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us your cancer journey? It's it it may be unique to some, but maybe it's similar to others, and it's very inspiring. So.
1: Yeah. Well. uh, So this year we actually celebrated uh, in July. was six years cancer-free. Fantastic. And uh, you know, so we uh, I was actually diagnosed in uh, 2007. Uh, I was diagnosed with the uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Mm -hmm. which actually is a very curable cancer, and and uh, so we went through. Uh, chemo and uh, radiation and um, it just ended up um, it being I ended up being in the lower percentile you know of, of of the cancer and so we had a hard time curing it so mm-hmm. after uh, about a year and a half of, of doing treatment um, uh, we uh, you know basically said you know you're you know you're inc- incurable and then you know at, at a certain point the uh, dME uh, terminal actually and and uh, so it was at that point w- that we, we really started uh, uh, researching uh, experimenting with different trials uh, you know throughout Canada and then the US and uh, uh, found a trial that um, that uh, ended up you know curing my cancer and, and, uh, and um, I still remember it was uh, July of 2011 when uh, uh, I uh, was sitting in the doctor's office uh, uh, waiting for a PET scan result and he came up to me, gave me a great big hug and and said, uh, "There's nothing there." And I said, "What do you mean?" Mm. He said, "The cancer's gone." And you know, he gave me a great big hug. And then, uh, of course, I still remember because uh, I was out of town uh, at the time. We didn't, you know, of course, we didn't have a PET scan in Sudbury, and we uh, remember calling my wife and, and uh, to tell her the, the news. And, and uh, of course, I couldn't get it out. Like I was trying to tell her. And it was it was just a loss for words, and then uh, I finally said the the cancer's gone, and we both cried on the phone, and it was a, a very special moment.
0: No kidding, no kidding. Wow. Now, what impact did being diagnosed at the tender age of 34 have on you and your family? Well, I think
1: uh, it was tough. It was really tough, and you know, we're you know I'm still young in my career, and the kids are young, and and. Uh, you know, I, I think we r- really had a hard time. The kids really, you know, there's that fear of loss and, and you know, you're, you're trying to figure out how, you know, how to deal with the kids and, and make sure they, they're, they're comfortable. And, and I, we really made them part of the journey. Mm-hmm. We made them part of, of the healing. We used to have all the kids surround me and cover, put their hands over my tumors and we'd say, you know, just repeat, heal, heal, heal. You know, And we just, you know, things like that. We just, we really involved the kids so that they, had um, a, a real vested interest in, in, in the whole process, so they felt like they were helping.
0: Yeah, and I bet you they did.
1: Absolutely. Heal you know, the yeah, mind. I tell my kids, yeah, it's because of them that I'm still here.
0: Healing the mind and healing the soul, and your kids probably had that power to heal their daddy. It's hmm a great story. Yeah. How are you feeling now?
1: I feel great. I feel great, yeah. 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 No, we're, uh, like I said, we're six years cancer-free. Um, you know, we still do a uh, lot of things to try and stay on top of it. Uh, I always say uh, uh, with cancer, as a c- former cancer patient, you, you always have, uh, you never let up. You never let your foot off the gas mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You, once you have it, it's always at the back of your mind that could come back. So I think, uh, you know, you, you need to continue to do the things that got you here.
0: That's a good idea. That's a good <laughs> idea. So what are you doing to maintain your health?
1: Well, there's lots of things that we do. Of course, we, we m- mostly eat very well. You know, we, uh, uh, my family, most of my family is actually on a plant-based diet. M- you know, me, not so much, but we, we do eat pretty good. Um, you know, I make d- uh, different shakes every day. You know, exercise, uh, deep breathing, meditation, yoga. Mm-hmm. Really, it's, it's all about um, you know, doing as much as possible to, to, to be as fit and healthy as possible, both your body and your mind.
0: So it's not so your 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 lifestyle plan isn't really that extraordinary. It's it's just something that we could all up, we can all do. It,
1: it's very simple, very simple, you know. I you know, I, unfortunately a lot of people don't take, you know, th- these actions until they get sick. So I you know, I see you know, do these things before you get sick and, and yeah. you know in in the first place and, and and that's really the the best way to do it.
0: Absolutely. Now you wrote a book about your journey I did, and yeah. I and I and I understand you wrote it because you wanted to help others? And share your your survival guide and be- and uh, beating cancer. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Well, and where's it, it, it was it? funny.
1: The, the first time we uh, we had a, a party, a cancer free party, because I told people we had so many people helping us through this journey. And I said, when I'm better, we're going to get together. We're going to have a party. So we made it actually a fundraiser for 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 my charity, which is called the Terriums Care Fund, uh, to help other families going through cancer. Uh, and then we had this party, and I and I told the story, and and. It was, uh, the reaction was incredible. And, you know, to the, you know, when I was told I was cancer free, and I said, we have to put this down. We have to share this, you know, because this really can help people. So we, I basically put down everything we did and uh, advice from other uh, books and, and, and people and uh, put it, I- you know, in the book. And um, so the book really had, you know, we wanted to share the story because mm-hmm. it's inspirational mm-hmm. and, you know, people d- sometimes need that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make this a simple guide to help people almost like hold their hands, you know, the questions to ask your doctor, your oncologist, your, you know, uh, your pharmacist, uh, just in the little journal, and then, um, and also the book, 100% of the money from the book goes to the charity, so, mm-hmm. so, it, you know, it has, uh, you know, multi-purposes, and uh, it felt good, and I had written journals and had all the information, and it was just a good way to, uh, you know, kind of. Put it all together
0: yeah well why keep all that valuable information for yourself it's uh, mm. a good thing to do now i notice on the back you have a picture of you and you're sitting in a chair it looks like you're receiving treatment and you're wearing a superman t-shirt <laughs>
1: yeah. was that
0: your decision to <laughs> no. put uh, that I, in the
1: back? yeah i always I uh you know uh you know maybe i felt invincible but i was you know uh, most of the time i knew i was going to get better mm. you know despite you know uh, you know some of the um, diagnosis that i had uh, but uh... yeah, someone bought that for me, and, and uh, so I, I wore it pretty proudly.
0: <laughs> so you knew you were going to get better.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, any cancer patient, you know, uh, the, you know, people you hear people say, oh, it's all about the attitude and positive attitude, and and it's not that simple. Like it's it really is hard to maintain that. But I really think you, 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 you know, I went through a lot of dark moments, and you know, people sure. don't realize that. But um, you know, but I managed to get through them. With the help of family and faith, and and uh, friends, and, and and all our supporting uh, group of people that we had, and, and uh, but uh, you um, uh, without that you you know you really you can't get there.
0: For sure, it's a great it's a great book. I read your book. And it's very inspiring, and I'm sure it's going to be helpful to others. So thank you for coming on and sharing us your story.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And uh, after the break, we're going to have another story of um, cancer and surviving. Hi and welcome back to the show, we're here with another guest G Rant and G Rant is another cancer survivor and he's a radio announcer, he's very active in the community and I'm so glad you're here with us today.
2: Thank you for the invite. Thanks for coming to the show. Appreciate it.
0: Now today we're talking about life after cancer and you have an extraordinary story that uh, I'd like you to share with our our viewers so tell us your journey.
2: Uh, Well it started in 2013. I remember the first time it happened, I had some shooting pain in my back, I was driving my car on my street, I thought that was strange, and that pain continued for a little while, so we had got a number of tests done, all of them showed up negative, and then eventually I got another test done, and uh, they identified that there was uh, cancer that needed to be removed immediately, okay, and you never think it's cancer when someone says the C word to you, your whole life starts to spin. So we did surgery in December of 2013, and an entire year went by, and I started to get pain again. Now, fortunately for me, I had a a really great doctor who um, very quickly identified that this was a problem because the pain was in a different spot than the previous year, Mm -hmm. so I didn't think it was cancer. I thought I wasn't stretching or something, just lower back pain that most people get and I brought my symptoms to him on just a routine checkup and I'd been dealing with this pain for probably about two, three weeks. I was going to chiropractors and physiotherapists, anyone that would touch my back and try to voodoo doctors, whoever. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, this doctor at the cancer center for just, again, a regular checkup that right away, the second I told him my symptoms, looked at me funny. I knew something was up and he sent me for tests later that night And sure enough the next day uh, we find out that it's returned okay so what now right surgery again you know that Mm -hmm. was a quick process and he says no you're gonna have to go through chemotherapy and all I can think of is I'm gonna have to shave my head and that's (laughs) (laughs) uh, and that's really when the journey did begin was 2014 because it wasn't just about you know me anymore it affects a number of people around you right my wife first and foremost and then Uh, My work my co-host would obviously be affected everyone around us again We're also very active in the community. So it's uh, it was a big bomb to drop on a lot of people Mm -hmm. and Initially, I didn't even want to tell people so what we did was we brought all the staff into a room uh, and We had asked we I I told them what was happening Mm -hmm. and I asked them for privacy I said if people ask where I am that I have back pain, which wasn't a lie. No. It's a fib. It's right? So it. I'm taking some time to deal with some health issues, sure. and it was back pain if people really want to get specific. And I was off air for three months. We, you know, spent a lot of time at the cancer center. I tried to lay as low as possible. Mm-hmm. That's the one benefit of radio, is that most people don't know what you look like. So that was good. Um, after three months, tried to recover as best I can, came back on the air, and my doctor was, you know, you did it, we did some initial testing, you're good, awesome. So I forget the timeline, but maybe a month goes by, and I get back pain again, and it's the same pain. So I go into him, and I tell him, I have that pain. And he goes, you don't have that pain. He's like, it's in your head. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's not in my head, it's back. So we do testing. I actually demanded testing, which is something really big for anyone in the healthcare system, is to try and take control of your own health Mm -hmm. while working within the system. So I I had demanded that we'd get tested again. And sure enough, I get the phone call the next day, yeah, you're right, it's back. Yeah, I know I'm right, I can feel it. So I have another meeting, interview, and now we're going to do radiation. I was fortunate because I was able to continue to work during radiation. So I'd finish up my shift, get off the air, and then head to the cancer center. Um, the radiation was a walk in the park for me personally compared to chemotherapy. It takes a lot out of you. And they do radiation. Once again, it finishes up and we get tested and you're good again. Great. And I believe it was a three month follow up. I feel great at this point. No more pain. I think life's getting back on track. And we do another three month follow up. Okay, the cancer's back. This time it's in your liver. So this is called metastasizing, mm-hmm. right? When it jumps from spot to spot. I'm thinking, liver, Like I, 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 don't, I feel amazing. Well, there's something in your liver and we're quite confident. So they um, do a biopsy, which is where they go in and try to take a little piece of it. Um, and it's, it's a very risky area to do that, but they did it uh, regardless. Um, they confirmed they were quite confident that it was cancer. So what do we do now? Chemotherapy again, which is a nightmare. Well, actually, we're gonna do something a little different we're gonna do a double stem cell transplant, which is, I mean, even hearing that, from that the, you know, it sounds really hardcore. It does. And it is. So I was, you know, had to uh, be really honest with our viewers, which was uh, very difficult. We broke down on air a number of times, trying to, uh, li- just, a lot of our viewers, they, they listen to us all the time, and it's, and it's like a family. And I, I thought that after the first round of chemo and all that, I was going to be good, so I didn't have to tell them anything, right? And I could just kind of continue with my life. But this time, we had to um, really explain what was happening and what's going to continue to happen in the future because I was off for a year.
0: Now, I remember, I remember that day because I'm a listener as well, and I remember that day. And I remember feeling and hearing the um, the pain in your voice, right. and uh, it really it really came through. But there there is a good. Part of the story. I want. I want to get to it because what is your prognosis now? And I want to know how you're staying healthy.
2: So the the double stem cell transplant was a, a complete success as of right now. I, I just passed the one year mark in uh, June, so you know six months past that right now, and um, I feel amazing. And I, I've done a lot of things that. I, I basically changed my lifestyle mm-hmm. totally so on top of being physically active um, there's the nutritional factor as well um, you know we I, I cut out refined sugars um, again the physical activity I can't stress enough and I've tried to become a little bit more spiritual mm-hmm. um, as uh, your previous guest mentioned you know uh, meditating and and yoga are very big parts of my life now and I believe it really helps. I can't, you know, none of us can, can predict, um, you know, what causes cancer, how to keep cancer away, right? Everything you read, well, it suggests, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, we suggest, you know, this may cause this, this may cause this, but what we do know is what causes heart disease, you know, what causes diabetes, and I'm hell-bent on not getting sick again in any capacity. So I've really tried to take control of my, my health, my own health, and, and keep strong, not just for me, but for my family.
0: Well, that's a that's an extraordinary story, and you have gone through a lot. And um, I'm glad that you're healthy. Thank you. I'm glad to see you active again and enjoying your life. And sharing your story with others is really going to help empower people to take control of within the healthcare system, of taking control and advocating for your own health, demanding what you feel is is right to demand right. to get those and. Yeah, keep, keep talking about it. You know your body better than anybody else.
2: You pay for it as a taxpayer.
0: <laughs> yeah, use all the resources you can have is what I'm hearing. And I'm glad that you're doing yoga, eating healthy, and you're here to talk about your story. So thank you so much, Jiren.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: And after the break, we're going to meet with someone who works for a cancer screening program. And we'll be right back to the show we're here with Nicole Gauthier, who is a cancer screening coordinator at our local cancer center welcome to the show hi thanks for having me now we've just heard some amazing stories of survival and living life after cancer and I think prevention would be the next reasonable thing to talk about so welcome to the show and you tell us why you got involved in the cancer in cancer prevention to start off with
3: cancer is an important health concern most people have been affected by cancer in one way or another, Mm -hmm. directly, indirectly. And as our population ages and grows, cancer incidence is increasing. But there's an opportunity to prevent and find cancer early. 50% of cancers can be prevented or detected early before becoming a serious health concern. That's what's motivated me to pursue a career in preventive oncology.
0: Did you say 15 or 50? 50.
3: 50. That's a lot. Half of all cancers can be prevented or detected early before becoming a serious health concern. Well, that's good news. Absolutely. That it means there are things that we can do to improve our health. Right. Uh, we can take
0: control. Good. And,
3: and what is it that you do at the Cancer Center? As a regional coordinator in cancer mm-hmm. screening, my responsibility is uh, public promotion, community outreach, and education. Uh, so in a nutshell I work with communities to uh, increase awareness, increase access to services and increase participation in breast, cervical and colorectal screening programs.
0: I can only imagine that someone might come and not really know how to navigate through the system, they want to be proactive. Can they come to your, your department and just say, I need some help, lead me through the right direction? Is that possible?
3: So we are a great community resource. Uh, There's certainly opportunity for the community to reach out to us. Um, We have uh, great information available online as Mm -hmm. well and um, various links to other helpful resources. And why is cancer screening so important? Cancer screening is important because it's an opportunity to find cancers early find cancer at an early stage before a person has symptoms when there are more treatment options when it's less likely to have spread and a better chance at at, at a cure. So anybody can go and get pa- uh, s- cancer screening? So there are different guidelines for cancer screening um, for the various programs and across different provinces what we encourage individuals to do is to talk to their healthcare provider about um, their personal history, mm-hmm. uh, their family medical history, and to determine when's the best time for them to start screening with which test and at which interval.
0: Are there more people, are there people that are more at risk of developing certain cancers based on family history? or there's? Some people
3: are considered to be at higher risk of developing certain types of cancer as a result of personal risk factors like family history, Mm -hmm. so that's why it's important to talk to a healthcare provider about your personal circumstances um, and have them help to guide you through appropriate screening programs. The other thing with cancer screening is some cancer, um, cancer screening can help to find early cell changes that over time could develop and lead to cancer. So through certain types of cancer screening, you can actually find these early cell changes and if identified and treated, you can, uh, for some
0: types of cancers, prevent cancer from developing altogether. Oh, that sounds like good news. Now what kind of um, testing do do you do to get these results? For breast
3: cancer, the screening modality would be mammography Mm -hmm. is our best defense. Uh, Cervical screening is the PAP test and colorectal cancer screening depending uh, if you're considered to be average risk or increased risk would be a fecal occult blood test Mm -hmm. um, which is a take home stool test or a colonoscopy.
0: Now is there a certain age range where maybe some people should be more alert and saying okay I think I've hit a milestone, I should go and perhaps get some screening done?
3: In the province of Ontario, breast screening is encouraged for women who are considered to be at average risk uh, between the ages of 15 and 74. Cervical screening uh, again in the province of Ontario starts at age 21 in women who have, uh, who have been or currently are sexually active. And colorectal screening is for men and women between the ages of 50 and 74. For individuals who are at increased risk, so have a family history of colorectal cancer, so it would be a parent, a sibling, or a child who had had a previous diagnosis, the recommendation is that they start uh, screening with a colonoscopy at the age of 50 or 10 years prior to the age of their relative who was previously diagnosed. So as an example, if, um, a father was diagnosed with colorectal cancer at the age of 55 then you would start screening with colonoscopy at age 45.
0: Oh, okay so you kinda go back 10 years? That's right so age 50 or 10 years prior whichever comes first. Okay what is your advice to help someone reduce the risk of cancer other than a screening program? As a first step um, th- it's important to understand your cancer
3: risk and how to reduce it. So there are some risk factors that that we can't control. We can't control our age, our gender, our personal or family history, Mm -hmm. but there are other factors that we can control. Quitting smoking, maintaining a healthy weight, exercising regularly, eating a healthy diet, avoiding or limiting alcohol consumption, being safe in the sun, avoiding tanning beds, and of course regular cancer screening are all great things that we can do to improve our health,
0: reduce our risk. Now, it sounds like a lot when you start listening them all off, but they are things that we can start doing immediately. Most of these things we can have control over. So that's that's the great news.
3: We always encourage small steps. Mm -hmm. It's the small things that may seem insignificant in the moment, like taking the stairs at work, like adding ground flax seeds to your morning cereal, like doing 10 squats every time before you go to the washroom. Something small, something simple like brushing your teeth, over time has a
0: ripple effect. So these small changes over the long term make a big difference. Well we've heard some stories of living with cancer going through cancer treatments, and they sound very difficult on the body, very hard to recover, and sometimes they have side effects. So I think it would be a lot um, but easier to eat some vegetables and maybe exercise a little bit if it's really gonna have that big of an impact. Yeah, we can't predict who will
3: or who will not get diagnosed with cancer. It's certainly worth a try. But what we can do is focus on making small healthy lifestyle changes to reduce our risk not only of certain types of cancer but other chronic diseases like heart disease, stroke, diabetes
0: and ultimately live a healthier life. Good advice. Well that's all the time we have on Your Wellness This Week. I'd like to thank my guests Terry Ames and Girant for sharing their very personal stories and to Nicole Gautier for providing us with valuable information on cancer prevention. If you're looking to do your part to fight cancer, become a blood donor. It's a great place to start. For more information on today's show, you can visit my Facebook page at New Day Wellness. Thank you for making wellness a priority and we'll see you next time on Your Wellness.